IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation, with a couple of my favorite busy bees in the gaming industry. I'm joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hey, doing my uh, Earthbound Bee, you know, outfit, gotta gotta represent Ness, you know, love it. I love it. Love it. Everyone's favorite PlayStation character, as we all know. Exactly, you know, Earthbound's always been a PlayStation <laughs> exclusive, it needs to come back to PS5. That's what you've been saying this whole time. I Hopefully one day it'll happen. This is the single determining factor that got me hired at IGN. Exactly. It's, <laughs> don't, don't question it in the comments. Uh, anyway, we're also joined this week by Matt Kim. Uh, yes, I'm filling in for Mark Medina, hey. and those are some big shoes to fill. Don't. So. Don't worry about uh, filling shoes. You're here because we want you here. He's so popular, and I have to be as popular as he is. He's popular, but he also doesn't know what a sequel is. And you know Mm -hmm. what? He's not here. And you are. I could do that. I could not know what a sequel is. What's a sequel? (laughs) I've never even seen one. Oh, no. Toy Story 2. Is that a sequel? Uh, No, it's a prequel. Definitely not. Yeah, Ah, it's definitely a prequel. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, every every sequel needs to also be a prequel. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, but no, uh, for for anyone who's wondering why we're bees, uh, you can check out on the, the video version. We all happen to be matching this week. Uh, but we do actually have a, a decent bit of PlayStation news, some that dropped this morning as we're recording, uh, that we're going to get into, including uh, the possible revival, continued, unconfirmed story of a longtime PlayStation franchise, uh, the sad news about how difficult it's going to be to get PS5s, unfortunately, for this year and the the maybe unexpected turn that PlayStation is taking to help alleviate that uh, and some other things. But before we get in, I did just briefly want to uh, show off PlayStation sent these along. I, I did a mad dash to my mailroom this morning to get them. Uh, the new DualSense colors uh, for the PS5 are out. Obviously, this is just for the video version, so I won't spend too t- too much time. Uh, but uh, we have the new colors. If anyone can can quickly search for me what the exact names are they've all got like virtual like space names and i forgot to write those down uh but we've got the the pink controller the the new pink dual sense the new blue dual sense i'm going to try to hold all of these at once and the new purple dual sense i'm trying not to all block them in one view um these are the three new dual sense colors that are available in addition to the red and the black and then of course the standard white um I don't know about you all, but I was not like super excited for more DualSense colors, and then I've seen these in person, and I kind of love them. They yeah, look really good. Yeah, they uh, they got announced like right after I had gotten the Cosmic Red, so yes. I was like, oh, cool, great. Uh, maybe I guess I gotta buy another controller because I uh, really want these uh, these colors now. Okay, I got um, your names for you. Oh, Ooh, I mean, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a guess at them first. Oh, mm-hmm. I like this. Because I have yeah. no idea what they are. Uh, the baby blue is uh, Shine Sprite Blue, because Shine Sprites were it. nefariously blue. Of not course. Really. Uh-huh. Uh, Another classic PlayStation the, game. Yes, yes. Classic <laughs> PlayStation game. Uh, we've got the, uh, you know, the Atreus's uh, hair pink, because it wasn't <laughs> pink either. So it's terribly wrong. And we've got the uh, Midnight Purple. I, I don't know. I'm going with the easy one. I'm going to 
see if I nailed the purple one. For Matt, how'd she do? You were you were close on purple. It was galactic purple. Ah, uh, so close. Starlight blue and Nova pink. They're all space themed. Mm. I think the Midnight though is the name of the black controller. Oh, well you're right. That's the what face it is. plates, which I have not unboxed because it's a lot of packaging, and I didn't want to have to deal with that on the show. Uh, we'll be posting photos on IGN and uh, showing them off on social as well, so you can go check them out there. But uh, yeah, I weirdly was not a dual sense or a dual shock four con- collector uh, last gen, but I guess I am now for dual senses. Uh, until I have to bring these all to the IGN office. but I, I, I was never a, a, a collector guy for h- hardware, right? Because hardware is way harder to collect than oh, yeah. video game collector's editions. But I, oh my god, when the Spider-Man PS4 came out last, last gen, like, that was the closest that I got to spending money on a second PS4. Like, that was the closest I ever got to being like, I guess this is it. I guess I have to take out a loan. <laughs> <laughs> the only special edition consoles I ever get are Zelda themed ones for my Nintendo consoles. And then I happened to, to win uh, a, the white destiny, the original destiny uh, PS4 when that, oh, dropped wow. out. I won that um, at a conference uh, because I knew some trivia about destiny. And so, and somebody else answered and they got it wrong. And I was like, well, ah. that person's wrong. I know the answer. <laughs> and I got it right. And they're like, cool, we're sending you a white Destiny PS4. I was like, yes. Ah. I have That's embarrassing for them. Imagine, oh. you know, yeah. stepping, up to the, stepping up to the plate and just whiffing it. Oh, yeah. The, the shame they live with. Oh, yeah. Everybody in my crowd that my group of friends was hanging out, they were like the cool kids and they're like, yeah, we don't care about this. I was like, screw you guys. I'm going to win me a PS PlayStation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not cool to not care about winning a free console. That's the cool thing. You did yeah, the cool thing. I did the right thing. So. <sighs> it's it's so easy to want to look cool and, and try to be cool. But really, just if you're going to get a free console, that's the coolest thing. Right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, we'll talk more about console availability and things like that in a little bit. Uh, but before we, we dig into some of the news topics, I did want to start the show, uh, you know, both last week and I think the the end of last year in a lot of our Beyond episodes. Very understandably, our focus has kind of been around the big PlayStation ones, Horizon and God of War and, and Gran Turismo to a lesser extent just because of our familiarity. But those are sort of, you know, the tent poles of what 2022 is going to be for PlayStation. Three sequels to their biggest, some of their biggest franchises. Really, really important and stuff we're going to be covering quite a bit. Obviously, Horizon's out next month, uh, you know, the second half of February. So we'll obviously be covering it a lot then. Um, but we were we were planning before the show, and, and Matt, again, thank you for stepping in and being able to roll with the punches of having to jump in for this. Uh, we were talking about some of the games that we think maybe, you know, aren't getting as big of the spotlight because of our, our sort of attention and focus on that stuff. And, and as much as we're going to try to make sure we focus on a wide swath of games throughout the year, we sort of wanted to set the tone for, for PS4 and PS5 games. Uh, this is not, you know... Uh, generation exclusive, but we wanted to take a look at some of the the games that maybe we're not con- constantly talking about in the PlayStation ecosystem just yet, but that we're also really excited for. Uh, some of these are console exclusives, some of them are multi-platform, some of them are just games that have the year 2022 as their listed date, and we're hoping they come out this year. Um, so that being said, of course, stuff may- might get delayed, some of these things might not happen, but we're sort of looking at a bit of uh, third-party and indie stuff that we're we're really excited for that we we hope will make a mark and hopefully we'll be talking about uh, later in the year on the show as as we get to actually play them. 
Um, so with that in mind, and obviously please in the comments, you know, we're, we're just covering a small swath of games. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or you want to write into beyond at IGN.com, let us know some of the games you're looking forward to most this year. Other than of course, Horizon God of War, because don't worry, we will be covering those plenty. But before we get there, uh, let's take a look at some of the games that we're, we're hopeful for in the year to come. Again, this is just games that have 2022 confirmed so we're using the loosest of this year but we'll obviously see what happens uh jada i'm gonna start with you which game would you like to talk about first that you're excited for excited Ooh, uh let's start with the one that's probably least likely to drop this year that i'm but i'm hoping makes the makes the Perfect. cut and that's gonna be sonic frontiers is gonna be the one i'm gonna start with um i'm a huge sonic fan i love sonic adventure 2 battle is by far the best sonic game they've ever made um it's also like what are we two three generations back from the gamecube or past the gamecube now when it dropped originally um so and i think it also dropped in dreamcast if i remember correctly i know the first one's dreamcast but it's been so long since we've gotten an amazing sonic game sonic generations was great it was probably my second favorite sonic mania was a great return to the traditional sonic but i'm looking for that next big 3d adventure sonic game that doesn't suck um and and i I, when i say that the one that comes in mind is probably the one that comes to everybody's mind sonic 06 which is you know gonna be forever heralded as probably one of the worst uh 360 games as well as one of the worst uh you know sonic games to be made but sonic frontiers looks gorgeous it looks so good the graphics look amazing granted this is all cgi i believe i don't believe this is in-game stuff um but I'm, i'm excited to see what they do with this more kind of a potentially open world sonic or you know just kind of a more exploratory sonic game um because it's all about going fast and getting to the goal but you know sometimes there's lots of shortcuts and other things that are hidden and i think that's why i love adventure battle 2 because it just balanced it out so perfectly between playing as all the different characters and just the world that you could explore um story was decent but the gameplay is really what where it was at its best uh either of you guys sonic adventure 2 fans oh yeah oh yeah it all timer i mean it has one of the best songs in video gaming history as well oh yeah i was literally just mumbling the lyrics under my breath while while (laughs) just hearing about live and learn it's so good yeah the sonic adventure 2 is is one that uh, really stuck with me i spent untold hours in the chow garden um and, Mm -hmm. and just love that game in general but yeah it's i'm with you in terms of like frontiers i i definitely have fallen off i think the sonic 3d bandwagon in the ensuing years of adventure 2 and um you know i loved mania as well and, and thought that one was great but yeah i'm always hopeful that there's something a little more and, and granted i haven't played the last few like i'm sure there are admirable parts of of all of them to find uh mm-hmm. but just the general tenor has been when are they gonna kind of get back to that apex on the on the 3d side and I hope it's Frontiers. You know, I, I feel like there were, and Matt, you can tell me if I'm totally off the mark, but I feel like there were rumors about this one all throughout last year, like um, about a new 3D Sonic. And I think there were expectations that it was going to happen because of the anniversary and it didn't. So it seems like they're taking their time with this one. And Jada, like you said, it might even get delayed out of 2022. So it's like, this feels like they know they kind of need to really get it right. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I will say, like all of our our live streams where we're doing big events and stuff. People were, were like asking like, when's Sonic, when's the Sonic trailer? Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know when these trailers are going to play guys. Like they send them, they just literally stream them to us and we play them. And I react with the audience, um, which is a lot of fun for me, but 
Also, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it was coming, and I was excited when I got to see it, just like them. <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm happy for the fans as well that this is finally being shown off. And yes, I think they're taking their time. I think it's going to be great. I think this is going to give Adventure Battle 2 a run for its money. That is my 2022 Sonic Hunch. <laughs> I I hope you're right. And I also hope, despite this very realistic world, they somehow find a way to put Jim Carrey into it uh, from the movies. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for this one too. I would love a reason to jump back into a Sonic game because it has been a while since Mania was the last one that grabbed my attention. Um, I loved the Rush games on DS as well. Oh, those were so good. They were really good. But yeah, these uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for this one. We'll see how it plays and and kind of what the structure is. We really do only have this trailer to go off of, but it, it should be fun to see it play out. Obviously, there's a lot of hopes and expectations, so you're not alone in that, Jada. So we'll see what happens. Um, Matt, what about you? I know I know you had to jump on this a little last minute, but what what's a what's a game that you're excited for this year? Uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. Mark was just like, "Hey, uh, name some games that you're excited about." I'm like, uh, "Horizon, God of War, Gran Turismo." I was like, "No, no, no. Name a game that doesn't have a release date." I'm like, uh, uh, "Pass, Jackie Chan." <laughs> uh, no, I think I talked on the show before that I'm really excited for Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, like, I like, I like the, I like the Tango folks. I like the Evil Within, so I'm really excited for this. Obviously, so I'm not gonna dwell too much on it another game that i listed um before the show was the callisto protocol the new game from the creator of dead space Uh, yeah i don't know how like i'm just interested in that he's the dead space guy is making another horror game right like there's all this stuff background stuff like oh it's kind of in the in the PUBG universe and and that kind of thing and like that's not really the thing that i'm most excited about it's literally just space horror game from the guy who made a really good space horror game. So uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that that one's really funny. And I do want to touch on Ghostwire for a sec, but the, the Callisto Protocol is this really funny one where it's like, um, I, I don't think they've made too huge a deal. Like it was the way they first announced it, that it was mm-hmm. part of the PUBG universe, but it does really sound like they're like, hey, let's let the Dead Space guy just make a Dead Space game but we'll put it in our universe because that'll give us franchise, you know, yeah, things to little, do. You know, right. Um, did you, it, it, tell me if I'm wrong, I, I'm misremembering, were you, did you do an interview? Uh, yes. With Glenn yeah. Schofield about it last year? Yeah, I did. I did an interview with Glenn. Uh, he basically just said uh, over and over again that he's about to make the scariest effing game uh, <laughs> ever. And uh, you know what? That's bold. That's a bold thing to say. Mm-hmm. And if that's your goal, then, you know, go for it. So I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to it. It looks gnarly. Uh, and I hope it comes out this year because, again, who knows? But it's... Yeah. Go ahead, Jada. I was going to say, yeah, this, I mean, just the trailer we've gotten is pretty gruesome. So, and grotesque. So I think he's, uh, he's going in the right direction. The team is going in the right direction. (laughs) I'm excited to be scared. Um, Yeah. My, my hope is that they uh, avoid the sort of like, uh, is it Armageddon and uh, what would deep impact? I think were like the two movies that came out and we don't sort of get the Callisto protocol and, uh, the dead space remake kind of out at the same time. Like I hope there's some space in between them. Uh, but to have those two on the horizon, like as a huge original dead space fan is just so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I wonder if they're going to use, uh, the Bart sound again for this one. Cause oh they, yeah. Right. Cause the big thing in dead space two was that one of the sound effects was literally the screech from the local San Francisco public transit because it, makes a nightmare noise and uh if you ever take the bart in san francisco 
uh, I can never not hear it anymore, right? Like there's that like, oh, yeah. tunnel down and then there's that loud screeching and I'm like, I'm in the dead space. <laughs> yeah, going from San Francisco to the East Bay, like going into Oakland or Berkeley, uh, if, you're, if you're ever in the area, uh, is probably a nightmare the first time if you're not expecting it. It is oh, probably... Uh, and especially for me, because I, when I moved out to San Francisco, I came, I, I lived in Berkeley at first and didn't know that was going to be a thing. So at like 630 in the morning, half asleep, listening to like some indie band play some like light pop rock music, <laughs> and then to have that noise in the background was just the most disturbing <laughs> thing. Like that was just so discomforting. So yeah, I hope they find a way to put it back in because it is, you can't, you can't reproduce it. It's just perfect on its own. Um, you were also mentioning Ghostwire Tokyo as well, and I don't I don't want to uh, brush past it too much because obviously this is the the sort of second of the two Bethesda timed exclusives that we're still getting, uh, even though Bethesda is now owned by Xbox. Um, and as you mentioned, it's it's from the the devs that did the Evil Within. Uh, did you play the Evil Within two? Because I never got to it and feel like I've missed out. Yes, um, uh, Evil Within two mm-hmm. is also great. It it like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's uh, I thought it was less scary but it was but it played better than the evil within yep. one 100 uh, percent. but i really in like they're fun they're like uh they they did a lot of like homages i thought right because like a lot mm-hmm. of their boss fights were like inspired by like there was like a really long-haired one that looked like it was straight out of the grudge right and there was a, a big like two-faced thing that looked like a fatal frame uh demon and so i don't know like it's cool and i think the the exorcism gameplay so far that we've seen of ghostwire is super new and like yeah. not seen anything like that before and i'm just really curious uh as to this whole thing like uh you know there was the like i'm curious what direction like how it, i mean we don't really know too much about it like other than like it really put like uh what uh the developer uh nakamura on the scene and, oh yeah yeah and then mm-hmm. she left the game so who knows what that means for the project but uh i'm hopeful for at least something new i it, i don't know i can't speak for the quality of it like totally. i don't know if it's gonna be uh the best game of 2022 when it comes out but at the very least it looks novel and it looks like something that i have not played so no yeah that that feels totally on the money in terms of like you know i do think there were some at least when i played the first evil within there were like some things that definitely could have been improved and so i I do want to get to the sequel at some point but it's like it was definitely trying like going all out and it's Mm -hmm. sort of like both homage to past horror stuff that obviously uh mikami had worked on and then trying to forge some new ground this certainly yeah like you said i don't know how it's actually going to play we still don't really know a ton about it other than the first person gameplay but it looks like it's trying some crazy stuff and that's fun to see that they put the money yeah. behind it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. And obviously, since it's a PlayStation console exclusive, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll be covering it on the show. Uh, to keep it in the realm of vaguely spooky stuff, I am also going to mention uh, a little bit of a different, I guess, take on horror. But, <clears throat> excuse me, Oxenfree 2 is is one that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I love the Night School Studio team and, and what they do. Uh, if you didn't play Oxenfree 1, it is frequently on sale for like $2, so go play it. Um, they're side-scrolling, like walking and talking uh, sort of adventure games, uh, sort of classic throwback in that way, with a, a lot of really... The, the big thing that they sort of capitalized on was the 
emergent dialogue and the conversations and really having this sort of naturalistic feel to everything. So the the characters you hope kind of talk like they are in the first game, they were teens. So you're hoping they talk like actually realistic teens and, and the conversations they're having feel fun and, and realistic and, and silly, but also intriguing. And it, as you get to learn about these characters and it's a, it's a new cast uh, for, for the sequel. And there's also this big, uh, sort of addition that we've seen. I got to see a hands-off preview of it. And the, the, one of the big additions is essentially tears in the universe that you get a radio frequency to go to, and then you get to go to a different time period for a part of the 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 world that you're in. And so that'll help you solve puzzles, be able to get you know further, maybe get some new details about the story, things like that. Um, Night School, for me, it, it's all about the writing and the story from them. So like as long as the script delivers, I'm not expecting... You know, this isn't like a crazy puzzle platformer where it's going to like test your timing to some ridiculous degree, though there is a little bit more movement involved in this one. But they, they're just so such great writers. And if they can nail that with the sequel, I, I'm really hopeful for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, they also now have Netflix money behind them. So who knows that's what that'll of, mean for the future? That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, not. It, it's not affecting the release of this game in any way. But yeah, they got acquired by Netflix last year. And so whatever they do next... I, uh, you know, probably going to have some fun backing, may even get an adaptation, who knows, but uh, yeah, I, ca- I can't wait for Oxenfree 2. I, I love their stuff. Um, moving on from there, just to also mention another one, I'm going to mention this quickly because it's a little bit bigger and I feel like almost a cheat saying it because it literally combines two of the most popular things in the world, but <clears throat> I am just so stupidly excited for Lego Star Wars. I don't know about either of you, but I am just like a huge collectathon person. Like that's just the mm. the things I grew up on and Lego games are such a great distillation of the that sort of experience. But uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga feels like they're actually evolving their formula, which is it has roughly been kind of the same for the past like decade. So to to see them really focus on like the combat's a little more intensive and like the cameras behind the back, it's it's a bit more open world in terms of like where you're choosing to go at any given time. You're you're traveling between worlds. Um, it's it's covering the entire nine uh movie skywalker saga so there's a lot of material in there and it's just one that's been delayed like several times and i assume it's because of sort of the scale and ambition that they're working at is just you know at a different level um but they know how to make really fun and funny games and if it can just kind of nail that for a star wars game for me i'm good with that i i just could really use that sort of like fun escapism at the moment (laughs) uh but sorry go ahead I was going to say, yeah, I, I love the Lego games. I haven't played, I don't think I've played one since like the original trilogy, which came out after the prequel trilogy of games, if I remember right. They did. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, they just, they have such a great way with humor and making fun of what happened in the scene and just making light of it for kids and everybody really, but just in a Lego sense, like they just, they're, I don't know what what part of the production the design team is doing that like the blocking and the rigging and stuff for the characters for that but they do an amazing job with just like the the um the 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 humor i don't know i don't know how how to to explain it but like it's just it's got so much charm and i love it and i want to play this i am super excited for this one too they're just like crazy charming i will say the 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 also selfish part of this is I, look, I love Lego. I love Star Wars. Lego Star Wars sets are stupidly expensive. They're so expensive. Mm. 
I like I can't justify it. I, I it's not even like a oh I need to save the money for my kids. I don't have mm-hmm. kids. I'm buying them for myself. Like it's it's for me. It is a personal selfish expense. But it's like four hundred dollars or more for most of the big sets. And I'm like I can't do that. I can't. I <laughs> genuinely, I genuinely, I'm like every every now and then I'm like I should buy a. Le- I haven't bought a Lego set in a long time. Yeah, and I should as a treat for myself. And then I look at the price. I'm just like no, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's there's an incredible I think Cantina one they did yeah. and it's like three hundred something dollars and I was like I could buy like twenty indie games for that amount so I I might just pass for now as cool as it is but yeah this is basically you know sixty or seventy dollars and I get the entire saga so I'll I'll take happen. it you used to be able to buy a little t- a little canister of Bionicles for like twenty bucks and back now, in my day mm-hmm. back yep. in my day <laughs> a Bionicle. Used to buy- Twenty dollars could get you a full Bionicle, and that and that will last you uh, last you for months, uh, years even. Loved Bionicles. I cannot no. understate how much Bionicles were my 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 stuff going on. I did you up. not did care for Bionicles? That, oh, oh. Did you see that uh, documentary, The Toys That Make Us? Uh, I yeah, haven't watched it yet. Right? No. So there's one on Legos, right? And Lego, the company, has been like near bankrupt like three times in its full history. Uh, and each time something saved it. And one of the things that saved Lego from bankruptcy, I think the second time was Bionicles, yep. where like they were just like, we got no money. We got we don't know what to do. We're like kids aren't buying Legos anymore. And then one <laughs> crazy genius was like, I have an idea. I have a crazy idea for a, a thing. And then, uh, yeah, and then Bionicles just shot them back up into into money zone. It's, I mean, it blew up. They had TV shows and mm. the games. They had everything for Bionicle. It was crazy. They were so bad. It was like a, an action figure that you built and then got to play with. So oh. it was like this added layer to it. And honestly, even like you mentioning buying a Bionicle, it's like they were in canisters, right? Yeah, like where, they were cool. in specialty. Yep. It was mm. like a collector thing. Yeah, it was so it was so cool. Anyway, welcome to the Bionicle podcast. We're just going to yeah. talk about that uh, Legos, for the next hour. Legos, Lego, send us all your Bionicles. <laughs> They must be in a they, warehouse. Somewhere. Yeah, I don't think they make them anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Is, uh, kids anyway, don't know what they're lost out on. I know these days they they get their bio, their Legos in NFTs. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, Jada, tell me another game you're excited for. Uh, let's go uh, with one I talked a little bit about previously. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Let's go yeah. with that one. Um, I super loved uh, Plague Tale Innocence way more than I expected to. Uh, playing it last year on my trophy sprint. Um, and it was, it was just such a good story. The gameplay was so polished. The, uh, like the characters were well done. I really like really enjoyed the world that I was in as weird as that sounds for how like disease ridden and destroyed (laughs) and plagued with rats that the world was. I really enjoyed the world that, um, the Asobo team created. And I'm so excited to dive back into it and see how this, how the formula has evolved, how the world has changed because, I won't spoil anything, but there's a huge like thing with the rats, obviously, uh, that's bigger than just like them being everywhere. Um, and so I'm excited to see how that kind of turns around. Based on the trailer, it sounds like the, uh, the primary focus in the first one was very much, you're this older sister trying to take care of your little brother. Um, and the second one, it seems like, you know, she's kind of more on her own, but uh, and she's got her own stuff that she's dealing with um, for herself. Um, her little brother obviously is still going to be there, but I feel like it's going to—they're going to put more focus on uh, the main character, which I cannot remember her name right now, which it really bugs me. But um, 
I really, I really adored her character. I thought the voice work and just everything was great about A Plague Tale Innocence. Highly recommend playing it. It was free on PS Plus a couple months back. Um, I yeah. think it was still the PS4 version was free in the store when I just looked at uh, the PS Store the other day. So hmm. you have no reason to not go and try this game. It's amazing. It's probably about 10 to 12 hours to play through it. Um, definitely worth a quick playthrough um, for like, a stealth action adventure game. Yeah, I, I really need to get to this one. I downloaded it <clears throat> for PlayStation Plus and just haven't gotten to it. But everything I hear, especially like post-launch, because it definitely kind of, I think, got buried when it when it debuted originally. But yeah. ever since then, anytime I hear someone be like, oh, I finally tried to play Dale Innocence, it's great. Why aren't people talking more about this? And there's, a lot of people are like, it fits the like PlayStation cinematic mold so well, too. Um, mm-hmm. I really need to get to it. Honestly, like playing the first one, it felt like a very mini Last of Us kind of style. So like if you're a Last of Us fan, you there's a good chance you'll probably like this. It's got the crafting on the go. It's got the stealth. It's got the, you know, you can just go at people with a sling in your rock if you really want to. <laughs> um, I did that to farm resources off of people because they dropped materials. So I was this like 12 year old girl just taking out armed soldiers because I could um, do it play it (laughs) you do what you can to survive uh yeah i'm i'm excited for that one even if i haven't played the the first game yet but yeah that's definitely on my to do in this you know very quiet year of games that we're looking forward to uh matt matt what's another one for you uh that you're interested in uh i got uh on my list the third uh on my list is little devil inside the uh the little indie uh game that they keep showing off in the in the playstation showcases which i'm I, you know, it looks charming. It looks good, but really, the main reason for me to to be interested in is it's from a South Korean developer, which uh, hmm. is something that I've been noticing actually a lot in these like mini, like not like AAA PlayStation uh, present kind of things. But then they've been showing a lot of like smaller games from not just like America and Japan and Europe, right? They've got like uh, Southeast Asian developers and South Korean developers that they're showing off now, and so Little Devil Inside is one of them. Uh, and so I just, I'm just curious what a non free to play shooter from Korea looks like. It's <laughs> a good uh, point. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I, I, I totally get what you mean. I do feel like it's been a, a really solid thing of sort of a, like I, the Nintendo direct or at least the indie world showcases tend to make a big deal of it as well. And I'm glad that is becoming a bigger thing because you do. I like it is just the reality of of the world we're living in. I think most people do think of it as like it's developed in North America, you know, maybe England and a little bit outside England and then Japan. But it's like there are so many developers across the world uh, yeah. th- that are able to bring these really unique and really uh, interesting both perspectives and just designs and artistic levels to it. And so to see stuff like this get the spotlights that it has is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm really curious. Uh, I've heard I have friends in the Korean indie scene who I talk to sometimes, and they're they've been you know saying that like oh the the scene is come is up and up right like they, there's a whole bunch of new indie developers down there. Uh, they're not just working for you know the next like big free to play hit right. So I'm really curious about this one, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope it comes out this year. Uh, I feel like this is one of the more safer bets if I had to say what mm. is going to get delayed and what isn't going to get delayed, but who knows. 
<laughs> yeah, we didn't get a release date at the last state of play, but it felt like a pretty sizable chunk of the game. So, uh, you know, obviously vertical slices get made for showcases all the time, but hopefully there was more to the game than just what they showed off. And, and uh, you know, we've known about it since the, I think, first PlayStation showcase for the PS5 in 2020. Yep. So, yeah, this one could be really exciting. I am I'm hopeful for it. Uh, as well. Uh, speaking on the indie side of things, I am really looking forward to, uh, and apologies to the developers if I am butchering it at all, I don't know if the T is at all pronounced, but uh, Chia. Uh, this was a uh, another indie game. I think it got showcased at that same uh, PlayStation State of Play as well as Little Devil Inside last year, and it was also at the Game Awards a little bit. And I'll be honest, at the the state of play, I didn't really pay it too much attention um, at the time, just because I think, you know, we were reacting to it live and going through everything. And then I watched the trailer at the Game Awards and sort of like in a four-hour show where a lot of stuff can bleed together, uh, it really stood out to me. I, I think because of the, both just the art style, it's like a, a very beautiful, vibrant um, look to it. it. It's very much to me sort of like in a, in a Wind Waker sense of this gorgeous, beautiful, colorful uh, open world to a certain extent. Um, but it has all these different little gameplay elements to it that we saw in the trailer. And if you're watching the ga the gameplay on here as well, you can see it of even small things like what I thought was amusing was the, uh, the little like guitar mini game that's in there, but it is all about exploring this, this natural, beautiful landscape. You essentially can inhabit animals around the world and, traverse that way and so you can fly around you can be a, a crab as you're seeing in the in the video version you can be a turtle you can be all these different animals and explore the world in different ways and it, it feels like a a beautiful mix of like a, a low stakes i guess wind waker breath of the wild with some like magical fantastical realism to it in, in a really beautiful way um it just seems like fun and and joyful in, in in a way that i just i'm really enamored by i'm i'm really curious to see what it plays like you know over a few hours, but it looks really cool. I definitely recommend going to check out the full trailers for it uh, if you haven't seen more of it. But yeah, it's uh, it's one I'm now very very excited for. Uh, Jonathan, and... are you Jonathan? Are... Two things. Yes. A, I believe that's a ukulele, and I believe it's fully playable if I remember correctly. I'll just leave now. No <laughs> Two. Are you okay? Like you said, it's what I really like. You said this is what I need about these like cute, charming, just like playable like escape from reality games for both lego star wars and chia now so like i just want to do this like i'm i am the community lead i need mm -hmm. to make sure that my staff community mm -hmm. is okay are you okay do i need to send you muffins or i like, mean cookies? i won't say no to that yeah i mean set, <laughs> sure send me delicious sweets that sounds wonderful i'm doing okay i just i think you know after two years inside and experiencing the same couple blocks around my house uh, very mm -hmm. vibrant, uh, like vibrant, beautiful open worlds that I can go explore speak very highly to me right now in a way that they don't uh, like I'm, I'm good with more of a blend, I think, throughout my life. But I think it's also why, you know, Horizon is is also one that I, I really loved Horizon Zero Dawn, but I find myself just day by day more excited. And I think because it's just this beautiful, big, mm. very, very well detailed open world. And I just like the idea of that because I haven't been able to do much of that. <laughs> but otherwise totally. i'm doing okay i think good I, good to hear i don't know game i don't really has know. a glider i want to play it and that's basically it 100 percent agree yeah. yes Great game's got gliders a 2022 yeah. year of the glider i'm in for it. glider uh what was one ahead. of the first games that did that was wind waker with the the leaf wasn't that one of the first gliders i'm sure there was probably something 
in a smaller game, but it's that one was of the most the memorable. Most, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's definitely one of the. I, it, it's very possible there was even a Zelda I'm forgetting before that. But yeah, I, for me, Wind Waker is the one where that was the first time that felt like a big mechanic in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jada, I know you have one more game that you want to mention, so why don't you hit that one for us? Yeah, let's. Uh, this is Solstice is my my next big one. This one, uh, I forget which. I think this was shown at our Summer of Gaming last year um and i just really got captivated by this this dual character um control um style where you're controlling both this like human character and this like ghost girl um and it's it looks very demon souls dark souls meets devil may cry um and that is my jam i love devil may cry games i love that fast-paced action of combos and juggling enemies and just you know perfect dodging at the last minute and countering i love i love all of that stuff um and so this game is looking to fill that void that i need i played devil may cry 5 back when it came out and it was great um but there really hasn't been anything that has caught my attention at least if there's something out there that i have missed that's devil may cry-esque that's not bayonetta um because i've played those to a degree um, I haven't finished them. I need to get back into those, but other stuff. Anyways, if there's other recommendations you have that I've missed, chat or community, please let me know. Listeners, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, but Solstice looks great. It looks so gorgeous. Um, it's I think it's going to be one of those smaller, uh, smaller kind of releases. I think it's going to get overshadowed by all the other bigger things coming out this year. But that's why I wanted to spotlight it here, because I think it looks phenomenal. Um, and I can't wait uh, for all that blood <laughs> as you're seeing if you're watching the video there's so much blood when you slice through people jada um, are you okay i think it's fair for me to ask in return <laughs> so much blood totally fair totally fair based on me playing last of us plague tale looking forward to this one i just started days gone uh, i might actually need help um so you can actually i'll send, send you, you those, the muffins send me some cookies. cookies and muffins please. yeah um uh, and and if you know people in our listeners and chat on YouTube can just send me a, a nice happy comment, that would make me that would that would help even more. <laughs> be nice on the internet. That's our be our nice takeaway on the internet. Yes, today. Uh, that's my challenge for twenty twenty two. A little aside, Jada, when you when you mentioned when you were summarizing game, I would totally watch a show called uh, Human Character and Ghost Girl. Oh yeah, yeah right. Like <laughs> coming to TBS this fall, Human Character and Ghost Girl. <laughs> Who who would play the human character though? I don't know a human. Hopefully, ah damn, you caught me. Yeah, I my I, vote is Steve Buscemi. Mm, he is a human, <laughs> I believe. Unconfirmed at this point in time. Still, to, at this point, yeah, TBD. At this point, uh, we'll we'll check in on the investigation of Steve Buscemi's. Oh no! If 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 some if there's bad news about Steve Buscemi in between the show going live and us recording it, we're gonna just it's gonna be awful. Steve Buscemi, uh, come yeah. to Beyond. Talk about yes. PlayStation. Steve. Yes, please talk to us about your favorite, uh, you know, mafia themed games. Because you were <laughs> there are you might not be human. We got to debunk them on on PlayStation Beyond. Please come on this show. Okay. We're addressing the important PlayStation topics the the world cares about. Um, <laughs> But no, those are just a few of the the games that we're looking forward to in 2022. There's, I, I think the goal of this was very much to say, like, we cannot wait for the, the massive games that we're all going to be talking about. But there's so much else coming out this year that we also, I think, want to make sure we're doing a good job of keeping up with and highlighting when they're being released or, you know, doing dev interviews and things like that. So uh, we'll continue to check in, I think, on these games and plenty others throughout 2022. 
other than, of course, anything that unfortunately gets delayed. But if that happens, there's still a ton of other great stuff to play in the coming months. Um, and we're looking forward to a lot of that. But before we get there, I uh, do have a few news stories to get to. And a couple actually broke this morning that I want to prioritize because I feel like one of them in particular might be a good thing for, for those out there to know if they haven't heard about this. Um, obviously, at the end of the last year, uh, it's been no secret for the last year plus, And on the show, we've talked about it of just how hard it is for people to get PS5s, uh, whether it's due to scalpers or just due to limited supply uh, and the increased demand, it has just been really, really hard to get PlayStation 5s. And Xbox Series Xs and Ss, the the consoles in general, have just been really hard for people to get. Uh, PlayStation, in fact, I believe, revised down their expectations of how many PS5s they expect to sell in the next year, not because of a lack of interest, but because of the supply chain and limitations on getting chips and, and things of that nature. And so apparently... To help offset that within the next year, uh, though PlayStation never had said they were going to stop producing PS4s publicly, uh, Bloomberg had a report that said Sony has told its assembly partners that it is planning to continue producing PS4s throughout 2022, uh, despite allegedly having plans to discontinue assembly at the end of last year. Uh, and this is essentially to help, quote, fill the supply vacuum and keep gamers within the PlayStation ecosystem. So essentially, PlayStation knows you're having trouble finding a PS5 and hopes maybe buying a PS4 Pro in the meantime will help offset things for you. Um, Matt, I wanted to start with you just with your thoughts on this, because we were talking a little bit before the show also about just like trade-in value of consoles. This is it a really interesting point right now? <laughs> oh, Sony really just says we have a PS5 at home. PS5 at home. It's a PS4. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I told Jonathan this uh, when I when I stepped in real quick. We were messaging about the show, and he was telling me that we wanted to touch on the story. And I, I was like, I had a really... Uh, recent experience where I finally offloaded some old consoles, including a PS4 Pro. And, and when I was trading them in, my my local GameStop retailer person uh, told me, like, oh, it's a good time to trade in right now because, like, trade-in value for, like, PS4s and older consoles are, like, really high right now because uh, of this situation where people can't buy PS5s and Series Xs. And so PS4s and X older Xbox Ones are still like hot items. And so these are like in demand right now. Uh, and so like the value for that I got for my PS4 Pro was like 250 bucks, almost like 300 if I got store credit, but I didn't want store credit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so a little advice. If you have an old third console and you also happen to have lucked into a next gen console, consider trading them in because people want them right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a big, it's a big little, uh, Hi, my name's Wario64, and I've got a deal for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, his identity has been unmasked. It was Wario's me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's nuts, right? It's nuts that uh, that this is the situation we're in. And I genuinely, like, I think it's one of those weird things that I have to, like, think about is that, like, when I lucked, essentially now, like, I say this, like, when I lucked into a PS5 at launch, like, I kind of was like, yeah, I was like one of the lucky few who got it like early, but I'm sure people will catch up with me in like three, four months or whatever. But like, no, mm -hmm. we're we're well into 2022, and this is still an issue, and that's kind of wild. And it's yeah, it go ahead, Jim. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, um, for for reference in the news story, they had mentioned apparently part of the reason for this and the, the decision, decision behind it was because, quote, the older consoles use less advanced chips, is yeah. uh, they're simpler to make and provide a budget-friendly alternative to the PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just really wild to me on like the two levels of one. The, obviously, if they're thinking they can sell all these PS4 Pros, you know, I, I assume mostly PS4 Pros, that even though that is one of the best selling consoles of all time, they still assume there are a lot of people they can get to who haven't bought them yet, which is a really interesting thing for the next year. But two, it's, you know, I think we all uh, balked a little bit when Sony said, you know, we believe in generations, we're going to move forward into the PS5 and then announced all their first party games were cross-gen. It's probably something they're really happy they announced at this point and are willing to eat a little Mm -hmm. crow about because now no one especially when it's just so hard to get, no one is going to be locked out of God of War or Horizon. Yes, they won't have the prettiest, best-running version, but presumably it will run decently well on a PS4 Pro, enough so that people can have that in the meantime. It They're probably happy that worked out, but I'm sure not. they're not happy it has to be the reason, but it's it's interesting that it lucked out in this way to me. Um, yeah. I just I just hope that the developers, especially Sony and all of as a publisher and all of the studios under them, that they're offering these uh, they're offering the free next gen upgrades. They're going to offer not next gen but current gen upgrades. They're offering those PS5 upgrades to the PS4 versions of things like God of War and Horizon because it, they know it's so hard for fan for fans and the audience to get these systems. Like, and it's not their fault that they can't find one. It's literally just the world and chip shortages. You know, yeah. it, they're just um, so hopefully that they're going to do the right thing and, you know, either some type of a timed thing or like if you buy the game like, you know, brand new, like if you buy a physical for our physical buyers out there that it comes with like a code inside the case so you can digitally upgrade one day. And maybe it's like if you buy the game within the first month of launch, you get that or something like that. I, so, I think and I'll double check if I'm wrong, but it, when there was the big kerfuffle over Horizon not having the cross-gen upgrade, I think when they they backed away from that and were like, OK, you'll you'll get both. Don't worry. I think they said going forward, any cross-gen will have it as well. But I'll double check what like their exact wording was. But I'm I'm totally yeah. with you. It's as you said, it's no one's fault other than the crazy world that we live in right now and also horrible scalpers who want to upset yep. these things. That's really the only like bad people in the moment, but it's not the fault of like the people trying to make the systems or the players who want them. And so no one, no, no one on those sides of it should be punished for not being able to get the system. And so hopefully, you know, we'll obviously be testing them out on IGN, but it's like hopefully the PS4 versions of those big games still run well. Uh, well enough that it is not really an issue for people. But I, I don't know about either of you. It does make me think they probably wanted a much quicker transition, but we're going to be in this weird sort of cross-gen era for a lot longer than I think they or us anticipated. I don't know if you all thought it would oh, yeah. last a while, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, they're like... Again, it's not just game companies that are fighting for these parts, right? It's like car manufacturers, TV manufacturers, mm-hmm. refrigerator manufacturers. You know, they're all using like phone manufacturers, another big one, laptops, computers. Ah, list goes on forever, right? Like Sony is not just competing with Microsoft and Nintendo for these chips, right? They're competing with Samsung. They're competing with Apple. They're competing with, with you know, 
Toshiba. Is there even do they make Toshibas anymore? I don't even know. But I think they're somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this is not this yeah, it's not just a game industry problem. This is like a worldwide problem. Uh and yeah, I like you mentioned it. Well we, we do IGN, Destin does the graphic comparisons for us. Uh Destin and Mark and, and that team does the graphics for us. And I love those because I, you know, like I like Digital Foundry. I love the work that they do. So I'm really excited to see the PS4 versus PS5 uh, comparison videos for stuff like Horizon and God of War. Uh, not because I want to see, like, not because I'm looking forward to seeing how, like, better one does than the other, but I like seeing how close they can get one to the other, if that makes sense. Like, I want to see how close they can get the PS4 version to the PS5 version, because that's the goal for those developers. Yeah. Nobody likes a blowout. Everybody wants <laughs> uh, everybody wants a, wants a close race, mm-hmm. you know? We want it to be close. So here is the the original thing. And I do wonder if this might change. Probably not, unless we all make a big stink about it. But um, so for Horizon, because it wasn't properly uh, messaged uh, at the time, Jim Ryan had said Horizon will be getting into a PS4 to PS5 upgrade at no extra cost because there wasn't really an upgrade path at that moment. But he announced that moving forward, all first party PlayStation exclusives that are cross gen will offer a $10 upgrade path. Uh, okay. regardless of whether or not you purchase the game digitally or physically on PS4. Um, so I mean, that... that's that's like bare minimum. So like that's, I mean, I guess that's good. I mean, because you'd be spending the $10 extra if you are buying the PS5 version anyways. So it's nothing extra technically um, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Okay, but, that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's not the best case, especially when you see what other companies are doing, but it'll, it'll probably depend on, you know, where we go from here uh, and how long this era exists. Because I'm sure they were looking at, I, I think for, you know, Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine, those were both announced as uh, PS5 only. I, are they going to figure out a PS4 version now for Spider-Man to make sure people can buy the most popular superhero game of all time? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a weird state. And obviously that would add a ton more work. So I don't, you know, I, I'm not even saying that's logistically feasible at this point in the development uh, immediately. But who who knows where things are going to sta- stand a year from now? It's kind of it's kind of wild to be in this place. Yeah. Um, but obviously when when and if we hear more. We'll let you know, but as a heads up, we, we've been saying it on the show, it will probably continue to be hard to get PS5s for a while, and seemingly PlayStation knows that and hopes you'll buy a PS4 Pro in the meantime. Uh, moving on from there, I did also just want to mention this came up uh, today. There's sort of been like a back and forth of this happening. Um, none of it has been confirmed by PlayStation, but you know, in addition to a Twisted Metal series uh, for TV being announced, there have been rumors and reports that a Twisted Metal reboot has been in the works. Um, originally, the rumors uh, allegedly said it was being made by Lucid Games, the team that made Destruction All-Stars uh, that came out last year. Uh, but just this morning before we were recording, uh, VGC said in a follow-up story that the Twisted Metal reboot is allegedly now at a PlayStation first-party studio, that studio being Fire Sprite, uh, the dev they recently picked up who's making Horizon uh, Call of the Mountain with Gorilla and has made the Persistence before. Um, they're another UK-based studio. I think VGC said amusingly they're like minutes away from Lucid geographically. Like they're very close to each other. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of sort of a little bit more public data that was found to back this up, but again, not confirmed. Uh, a reset error user uh, found that Matt Southern, who has credits on the MotorStorm and Drive Club games, uh, announced that he's leaving Lucid for Fire Sprite uh, and seemingly in a similar role. So 
theoretically, we don't know if he was ever working on the Twisted Metal reboot. Again, we don't even know if the Twisted Metal reboot is like confirmed by Sony, but but VGC has been pretty credible with their reporting um, on, on things of this nature. And so now it seems like Twisted Metal is coming back, but it's internally at Sony, but still with the person who was making it when it was externally from Sony. It's a weird case, but good news for Twisted Metal, I think. <laughs> do you, so based on Fire Sprite, uh, do we want do you either of you want Twisted Metal in VR? Because they did Persistence, which was VR. They're doing Call of the Horizon, which is VR. Do we want Twisted Metal VR? Oh. You guys hadn't even thought about that. Well, I didn't. I mean, I <laughs> did. And the answer is the answer is no, because I'm susceptible <laughs> to motion sickness. Uh, yeah. And commenters will let me know, because I did a preview for Resident Evil 4 VR, and I did the uh, the baby mode, the not motion sick mode, right? The mm. teleport mode. And I got so many comments that they were like, we got this VR newbie. And I'm like, I'm not a new, I'm not a, I'm not new to VR. I just get motion sick. Uh, <laughs> sue me. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, they will. Clover, yeah, uh-huh. they will. Yep. They really will. Like, Cloverfield made me motion sick, and that's a theater, That's a, and I saw that in theater. So, you know. That's just my stomach. That's just my stomach. I, uh, I honestly, so I think, no. I honestly <laughs> think I would be okay with getting a Twisted Metal VR, um, just because I think it would be kind of a cool, um, more immersion into the world of Twisted Metal. Again, I, I, I'm just, I love dark, edgy worlds. Apparently, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, from from um, my end, the Ghost Girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, for, first, most importantly. Matt, yeah, at, toward the end of Cloverfield, when they're at the very heights of that skyscraper and they kind of look over to the side, totally almost had a mm-hmm. vomit moment there yep. as well. So I get what you're saying. Uh, secondarily, Jada, uh, on the PlayStation topic, um, I think it will be in there. I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't think the game will be VR only, if that makes sense. Like, I wouldn't be yeah, shocked no. if if there is a VR, like, arcade mode that they put into it or something like that. Like, they... They're a huge studio, Fire Sprite. They very clearly have a lot of experience with VR and were acquired at least in part for their VR experience. So it wouldn't shock me. Uh, and it would probably be pretty fun to be behind the driver's seat, you know, uh, in, in in that world. Um, I'm trying to think of like Wipeout VR works very well and those cars move crazy fast. Like they are ridiculously fast cars so i i could see them doing it with twisted metal in like an arcade arena sort of thing but my guess is the like main modes of the game would still be sort of third person vehicle combat sort of thing that's my guess too but i yeah. i think it, i think it, i would love to see a vr version of twisted metal i've been playing twisted metal since the original back in the ps1 days and getting to just see it first uh you know getting to yell at sweet tooth for throwing his special at you and seeing it in first person uh, that would be uh, pretty terrifying. I got a, I got a question for you guys. Uh, yeah, have y'all is is my read on this for for between the Twisted Metal report and the confirmed because Firespray is also making uh, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yes, uh, yeah. does mm-hmm. it feel like Sony is like really like push like really bringing Firespray into the fold like really quickly? You know, like as a because when they were announced as an acquisition, people were kind of like, oh, yeah, they're that like VR studio. Right. But like Sony seems to be really like fast tracking them into all their like core franchises. Uh, Jada, you go ahead first. Yeah, I think that um, I think Sony has recognized that there is some, probably some really good talent there. And I think with the acquisition, they're trying to uh, make the most of their dollars spent on the studio. So they're trying to 
um, bump it up in its uh, notoriety so that people know it uh, like they know a Naughty Dog, like they know an Insomniac or Sony. I think they want to establish Fire Sprite as this new, maybe not as big as a Naughty Dog or Insomniac, but this like, hey, we have this amazing other studio, Fire Sprite, and they make great games too. Um, I think that's what they're going for. And I think we'll probably see the same thing for like Bluepoint with uh, that after that acquisition, since they did Demon Souls, whatever next gets announced for Bluepoint, I imagine we'll see some more fast tracking for that too. Um, I totally agree with Jada. And just to build on that, I think, um, Matt, to your point, they are such a huge studio. Like they are hundreds of people big. So they're now immediately just one of the biggest PlayStation studios just by like a headcount sort of thing. But I think the thing with them is that studio was founded sort of out of the leadership that came from Studio Liverpool, which was previously a PlayStation studio. So I almost feel like it's a a homecoming moment that, and this is me totally mm. speculating, but that like current PlayStation leadership is like, we can we can build this studio to essentially be Liverpool 2.0 and, and to be within PlayStation, that sort of uh, presence. And so I think immediately handing them the reins to one of their biggest current franchises and one of their biggest oldest franchises, if that all is proving out, is a like, hey, we loved working with, with these guys back then. Um, you know, obviously I don't know the personal connections Herman Holst has to any of the leadership there, but presumably there's some familiarity just on a, on a person mm-hmm. level. And so I wouldn't be shocked if it's like a, we know what these teams can be capable of. Let's hit the ground running with them. And I'm sure even if these two projects are the projects that they're, you know, that we know about so far, they probably have more going on as well. Um, so I, I do think, I totally think they are aiming to make, uh, I almost called them Liverpool. I think they're trying to make Fire Sprite as big, but I think to show that PlayStation Studios can do more than third-person action as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that is a stigma that PlayStation has gotten, and it's not like those games have been bad. Obviously, I love God of War and The Last of Us and, and Ghost and, and so much else, but that's sort of the PlayStation formula that gets levied at them a lot. So I think these acquisitions can let them say, we're so much more than that. We're not just those games and Gran Turismo look what else we can do. And Fire Sprite feels mm-hmm. like primed to do that. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble, but yeah. No, that's um, good. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I totally think we're going to like, I, I can't wait to see what all of the new studios that PlayStation has acquired or have uh, going on currently. Like you said, Jada, like whatever Blue Point is working on, um, I'm in from minute one. But I do feel like Fire Sprite is the name they are going to push to be like, you're going to know this name mm-hmm. and it's going to be a name that PlayStation fans hopefully revere and love in the same way as they do the other studios. Yeah, definitely feels that way. But yeah, um, I, I do think there was probably more time and space to talk about Twisted Metal in the future, uh, especially our hopes for what a reboot could be like and, and, and things like that. Uh, but did want to quickly move along. Uh, there's a bunch of other news has happened in the past week, and, and I, I'm just going to kind of brush over it for now. But uh, obviously, for those who didn't hear, it is worth mentioning. Uh, one, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but allegedly Horizon Forbidden West, a large chunk of the game has potentially leaked or like someone has a leaked version of the game. So just be careful online of spoilers. Uh, you know, we're a little more than a month out. So just be careful if you're going to going in fresh for that game, mute some words on Twitter, maybe be careful when you're, when you're hopping onto Reddit, but just be warned about that. Uh, and then also, of course, if you didn't hear E3 is not happening in person this year, uh, and its sort of digital future is unclear at the moment. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. It's not like PlayStation has been at the last few ones. Uh, and I think there's a lot to talk about PlayStation sort of focus on events. 
But uh, in in the meantime, go check out uh, Rebecca Valentine did a really great piece uh, sort of about the state of things with with E3. So go check that out on IGN. Uh, You can read more there. And obviously when we hear more, we'll let you know. But I just hope PlayStation brings back PSX at this point. It's my hope. <laughs> Same here. I loved. I loved PSX. I never got it to go. Here. It was only. PSX, yeah. It was only here in San Francisco for one year, I believe, and I got to go to it. And that was the year they revealed Final Fantasy VII Remake, I believe. Um, oh, nice! And it was just so amazing. Like I was. I think I literally was in tears seeing Final Fantasy VII Remake at PSX in person. Like it was so good. Um, I could be wrong. It could have been something else that brought me to tears. Um, I love games, and I'm not afraid to share that. Um, but PSX on a, was on great. a gaming podcast. How what? dare you? I know, I'm so terrible. Um, no, I loved PSX. I thought it was great. It was, it was, you know, basically, if you remember when Sony was at E3 and they had their big kind of showcase of stuff, it was basically that. But it was just all them, and it was so cool just to be able to go like. I want to try everything that Sony's VR, uh, PSVR is doing. And they had literally had almost every game that was being shown. There was like 12 different games they were showing off for PSVR alone. And that's something you wouldn't do. You wouldn't necessarily see from Sony at an E3, even back in the day. You'd see maybe 10 to 12 games total, I would say, if I my count is right. It's been like, what was the last year Sony was there? 2014, 2015? At E3? Uh, 20, yeah. 2019 or 2018, 2018. Were they at 18? Yeah, they're at 18. 18 really? Cause that's, uh, that was when we got hands on with Spider-Man for the first time. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's been, it's still been a couple of years and I don't think I went to 2018 or if I did, I don't remember it. Uh, E3 is a busy time for us, uh, especially <laughs> when you're there covering 10, 15 games, uh, you know, individually, a day. Um, which is what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. A day. Um, but yeah, no, it's something you wouldn't normally get from Sony. You'd get like a lot of stuff, but you wouldn't get such a huge focus on one specific area. And with uh, PSX, you got everything, which was great. I loved PSX. Please bring back PSX, Sony, please. <laughs> Went to one PSX, and I don't know if this was something that they brought to other events, but uh, the year I was there, they were showing off uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake, and they brought in a giant, like, story and a half colossus that you would climb up on uh with and it had a, it's actually really messed up in hindsight but it has a giant colossus like thing that model that you can like climb into and then take a photo with it was like a photo op like thing and what you're supposed to do is it has a sword stuck on the top of its head so you're supposed so it captures the moment that you plunge a sword into the colossus's head which is very cool as a photo op, but if you play the game, it's actually really sad. And so I That's took a so photo dark, of me. yeah, yeah. And so I took a photo of me like crying while holding the sword, <laughs> and it's gone. Don't make me do this. Uh, oh my but, god! Uh, and so that was that was traumatizing, and I never want to go back to a PSX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never got to go. Um, I really would love to someday. And and Jada, to your point of like, it's. A small because it's just focused on PlayStation, it can be both a smaller scale but still feel like a big event because they have so much to be able to show with third parties. So, yeah, my hope is that they do an event like that someday when it's all safe for us to go and be in an event space like that together. Um, but for now, we'll we'll find out what happens for the rest of the year. Probably some state of plays, but we'll we'll touch on that stuff uh, later this year. Uh, from there, I just did want to jump briefly into what we've been playing. Jade, I'll start with you. What, what, what's been uh, preoccupying, preoccupying you these days? 
I am 33 hours into my new Demon Souls run. I haven't. I just picked it up, like I think last week. Um, yeah, I know I'm a monster. So um, you, you've you fought one boss, I'm assuming. And I have all <laughs> but one Archstone left to collect to finish. Right, nice. now. I finished five of the six Archstones. Um, so I'm just about wrapping it up, doing any like shifting my world into pure black tendency or pure white tendency to do all the optional stuff before I kill all my NPCs and then start my new game plus and do it all over again. Um, I, like I said, I think last episode, I'm playing a mage and mages are so broken um, when it comes <laughs> to the bosses. There's so many bosses where I just literally stood on the edge and just cast spells yep, and just they, just, they just, they just die instantly. And I've never played a mage class in Demon Souls before. Like I usually go, very much spear and shield dexterity builds with with a bow and i don't know if i'll ever bake anything other than a mage because mages are just so <laughs> op um, in delightful. these games and i love yeah. it i love it so um but yeah that uh the world ends with you i'm about six days into the first week um and bum 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 i started days gone last night um i'm about three or four hours into it I am really enjoying the gameplay. Uh, I don't care for the character so far, um, but like I said, I'm very early into it, so don't at me in the comments yet. I will, <laughs> I will, I will share this journey. It's over... a long game. It's like sixty hours. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I'll sh and and I'm playing on Survival Two first playthrough blind. Have no idea what I'm getting into. No HUD. No fast travel. Uh, two hits or three hits and I die. Um, Yes, go ahead, Jonathan. I guess Jada, you are you okay? Are, I just need to know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am I am more than okay. Um, it honestly doesn't feel that bad on Survival 2. Like, okay. I, I was really expecting it to be Last of Us 2 grounded permadeath-esque stuff. And I was just like, oh, I don't have a HUD. That's just like anytime I play Call of Duty hardcore lobbies, whatever. <laughs> um, that doesn't bug me. Um, so... Fair it's enough. honestly not that big a deal. So, uh, but we'll see as I get further along, and you know, I get sideswiped while riding my bike and you know, insta killed. But you know, that's what <laughs> I'm. I'm excited for you to deal with some of the bigger hordes, especially on mm. that difficulty level. And I'm curious to hear your experience. Then I only ever got about 20 hours in. Uh, of course, forgive me if I'm assuming, but I would guess uh, we're, we're a little bit late to it. So that's why we didn't cover it on the show this week. But the whole day's gone. Sales question. Days Gone has been in the news in the news a lot recently uh, due to uh, assertions that it sold roughly the same as Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, some follow up interviews. This was from a, a former game director on the game. I would recommend rather than like mincing words, and I'm just going to say go check out all of the the news coverage that we have on IGN about it. Uh, you can get sort of mm -hmm. a breakdown, uh, a list of events to go through. Uh, we're, we're a few days late to it, so I didn't want to make it too much of the focus. But uh, did, did it just being in the conversation make you want to jump into it? Is that it did it did it because, you know, I knew it was a story that popped up this week and as a chance that we talk about it in passing on the show. I was like, let me boot this up. Let me try it and see how it feels, how it plays. I really like some of the mechanics. I like the the upgrade system. Um, whoever was in charge of naming the different upgrades, I really liked those because um, they had six feet over instead of six <laughs> feet under for like when you take a bunch of damage and you get like regeneration <laughs> or something. Nice. I was like, that's just brilliant. That's super smart in all of their their level or skill upgrades or have those names. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. I think it's I think it's good so far. Um, I'll have more to say after I have more than three to five hours in it. So fair enough. I'm very excited for you to get uh, the platinum trophy. 
I don't know if you've <laughs> oh, looked at it, but you should, uh, if you do, let me know uh, if anything pops up to you in its description. Yeah, I have not. Actually, This I usually look at all the trophies. Also, okay. Forget those little newts that pop out of the trunk. I jumped so hard at the first <laughs> one that jumped at me last night. I freaked out. I literally, like, I visually jumped back on That's my fair. couch. Um, out. Yeah, Ooh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't. I usually look at the trophies before I start a game, um, so I know if there's like special things. And I forgot to do that with Days Gone, so I have no idea what the trophies are. I went into it really blind. Fair so. enough. Uh, well, yeah. Just I, I would say go check out the description of the platinum trophy when you can. Um, okay. Matt, what about you on your end? You're also playing The World Ends With You at the moment? I'm also playing The World Ends With You. Uh, nice. Really, really bummed that I started I started that over the holiday break. Uh, I was looking for something to play while we were all off, and I'm like, I, I have this game that I haven't touched, even though I own, so I put, uh, plugged it in, and I'm digging it. If you And I'm just, like, really surprised by how just, like, how well they captured the feeling of the original DS version of it with the mm-hmm. new one. Like the vibe is the same, you know, the gameplay's been modernized, but like the characters like are of this it just it it feels like I'm I'm jumping back into something that I really love, which it it does. So I'm really excited to keep going with that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. bummed to hear it it didn't sell as well as Square Enix mm-hmm. expected, though I always feel like I hear that about Square Enix games. They never sell as well as expected. It's true. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that I I played it when it first came out for a bit and, and need to go back to it, but I I'm totally with you. It captures the the DS game really well, and just man, that world and that style and that vibe, it's like mm-hmm. it's so great. It's definitely smaller scale, but mm-hmm. it yeah, it's such a fun game. Yeah, and I it looks uh, great. I yeah, it's so much fun. The only thing that does kind of mess with me is the. Uh, the the view of like the buildings so you're running down the street and they're like straight and then as you get further away or closer they like curve over mm-hmm. you and it's so just weird it just oh. messes with me but yeah, i so love cool. it um i'm i'm playing through the whole game at level one um because you can reduce your level yeah and so i'm love i like every time i level up i reduce my level back to level one and because it, it boosts your drop rate so like when i chain oh. five enemies i have like a three or not i think what am i at like now uh, hundred and like seventy five percent drop rate for pens. So like I'm I'm sitting on day six with like probably two hundred k in money. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> because you just get so many pens, and you just I just go and sell all the extras. And like my people are always full of food. I have all the clothes purchased. Like I love it's day six. With you. It's day six. I have well everything everything that's available. Everything that's available. I have the incredulity uh incredulity in uh Matt's voice, I think I mispronounced it both times. Uh just the way <laughs> the reaction to that was I'm, just, I'm on day I'm on day four or five. I've got like two thousand yen to my name and like a t shirt to share amongst my three party members. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, my people's fashion sense are a hodgepodge they, yeah. they, they, <laughs> it would not they would not work the difference is stark <laughs> right like jada's party is all well fed and well clothed and rich as hell and my party is not clothed hungry poor. shivering on the streets of shibuya yeah. <laughs> can you spare a pin sir please um yeah, I really need to get back to the one. I, I really did love what I played of it. Um, I just briefly have, have been playing. I went back to the Frozen Wilds uh, because I never finished it uh, and want to be fully prepared for Forbidden West. So I've been playing that for a little bit. Uh, love it. Still great Horizon stuff. I actually really, really like the characters and, and the storytelling in this 
uh, section more than even some a lot of the base game stuff. I think it's been really interesting so far. Uh, the only funny thing is just going back to Horizon after not playing for a year and a half or so uh, in a late game save is really hard. It's really I mean, hard to get mm-hmm. back in at that level. A modern <laughs> feature that I need in all games is just like a reminder of controllers, like controls. Yeah. Like something yep. that's like, you haven't played in like six months. Here's how the controls work. And I just need that in every game now. Like I cannot... Yep. Just give me every game should have basically a like a X-Men danger room that mm-hmm. you can just hop into at any point to refresh yourself mm-hmm. and just that would that would help so easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean um, Rising technically could do it with their their holograms and stuff. It'd be so easy. It's It'd true. be in, in canon. It works. Uh, but yeah, I've really been loving that. Uh, I've I've been playing through uh, Uncharted 2 as well uh, because my girlfriend hasn't played the series before and I wanted to catch up for 4 and Lost Legacy. Uh, so we're playing through 2 right now. Um, and she will not let me go buy a single treasure. It's wonderful. She's hunting for all of them, and I adore it, because uh, that's what that's I did awesome. when I played. Um, so we're doing the, that, and then, yeah, just continuing my Persona 5 Royal playthrough. But uh, I think that's pretty much it on my end. Um, we're unfortunately short on time and over our time for recording at the moment, so we do have to wrap up there. Uh, Jada, let's hold on. We're going to hold on a trophy tip for next week, but if anyone has... Uh, trophy tips they want to send in if there's a particular trophy you're proud of and want to tell that story uh, right into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line trophy tips and we'll try to read some of those on the show additionally if you have any just general gaming stories you want to send in of your PlayStation life send them in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card and we'll read those on the show Uh, before we wrap up uh, Jade I'll start with you anything to plug anything to remind people of uh, as, as the new year starts off uh, there's going to be a blog post coming up in a couple weeks, uh, but nothing nailed down for a date yet. So just keep your eyes out. Awesome. Uh, and Matt, anything on your end that you want to point uh, people toward? Yeah. During this podcast, I, I wrote a script and sold a TV show to Fox called Human and the Ghost Girl. So check that out for fall yes. 20. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I got, I got, a, I got a special thanks at least, right? Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It, did you get Buscemi? Uh, you know what? Talks are happening. It's close. Ooh. It's probably likely. I think so. I'll, I think it's going to I'll be look forward to the story in deadline. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I'll just say uh, if you have enjoyed the Art of the Level series that we've been doing more on the way this year on the feature side, look forward to one uh, later this month that will be coming out that I'm working on right now and should be a really fun one. But other than that, uh, that is going to wrap us up for this episode. Jada and Matt, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this wonderful episode. Uh, really, really appreciate you both stepping in. And of course, Matt, for jumping in so last minute. It was wonderful to have you. Uh, thank you both, uh, as always, for joining me. Thank you to Kate for making the show happen uh, and producing behind the scenes. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well and we hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. 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 <laughs>